Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rival's pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. My name is Essie Golden, and I am this week's guest on the Kicks and Tits Show. What's good, everybody? We are back. It is your boy Gerard and your girl Gabby. Episode 90 of the Kicks and Shit Show. Wild shit. Ooh, are we fancy? We are fancy, y'all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm. a confession, though, Gerard. Yes, yes. I have a confession for the people that are watching us and you're listening earmuffs mm-hmm. for the next like 37 <laughs> seconds. So y'all know I have a lot of sneakers. I, how much? Mm-hmm. Not going to reveal that's a very personal question. But typically when we do this show, you see me in front of my sneakers. Mm-hmm. Right now you are seeing behind the curtain. Correct. Behind one of the many curtains because, you know, I'm always on the road. So this is this is my West Coast curtain that you're seeing right now. Um, removed. But I, you know, I just want to say that I know I had a virtual background of my sneaker closet, but it was really mine. You could tell by the organized chaos in there. It was not cute. It was not pretty. So I just want to say on the record. Who's not believing you that it? Who's not believing you that it wasn't yours? I don't know. Yeah, nobody. Taters gonna hate. Taters gonna say. Want to make sure that we're covered. Thank you and good night. Yeah, that's, I knew there was that, a sound effect coming. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. other fun thing about this. Yeah, we got sound yeah. effects. Drod's been playing all the sounds. Oh, listen, I it, this is this is I, I I like sound effects, man. It's it's we're, we're gonna add more guys to kind of make this a little more fun for you guys. Have a little running laugh meter or something, you know, just just some just some fun things. 
Well, so we don't need to ask where in the world you are because you just said you are on the West Coast in your West Coast home. Still haven't found us a West Coast studio yet, by the way. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> Tough out there in these streets, Jay, let me tell you. Well, and didn't you pick a wonderful time to be on the West Coast because it was snowing here today? I heard that. What I was going to say, it was it was a little bit temperate when I took off on Sunday. I'm a little bit bummed that I landed after my Knicks were in town playing the Clippers. Mm. But, you know, it's okay. I can't see every Knicks game in every arena. I mean, we'll look, get there someday. And, and, and are you also like, this Knicks season is going to be going to put you out of your misery soon enough. So, right? I mean, I mean, I, but, I mean yes and no. I mean, yes. First of all, yes. <laughs> yes. All of the yes. But, like, you know, I love a basketball game. I love seeing new stadiums. I mean, I, I've, I've been to – it's always going to be the Staples, Staples Center for Park. me. It's always going to be Staples Center for me. And I've been to see the Lakers, but I've never been for the Clippers. So, mm. And I've had friends from my MSG fam that have worked with the Clippers. It's a great organization. Would have loved to see it against my team. We actually won on Sunday, which is mm-hmm. a beautiful day. And, and rare. Yeah, I mean, I heard about the snow. So, yeah. sorry, guys. Not, not, not great. Uh, but, you know, speaking of the other te- uh, tenants of Madison Square Garden, your favorite arena, the New York Rangers will be in the playoffs. You'll at least have that to look forward to. Very excited about that. I love playoff hockey. I feel like – I wish there was a way that we could do like a 10-day contract or like a playoff contract for Hank just so he can come out of retirement. Let's lower the jersey from the rafters, bring him back, pack him in the Louis Vuitton and stick him through security so we can get him back on the team. Pack him in a Louis Vuitton. I love it. You are That was one of the gifts. I don't know if you saw the Louis Vuitton (laughs) gift at the retirement ceremony. It was beautiful. Shout out to Henrik Lundqvist, uh, you know, greatest goaltender in Rangers history. Well, you know, what's interesting about that, though. Okay, yes, like all the records and everything say he's the greatest goaltender, but Mike Richter won a Stanley Cup. I mean, we can debate about this. Yeah, I'm not sure. Where where do you stand? About sports and players in general. Where do you stand? I mean, Richter's amazing. I think Hank, Hank broke the records, right? Like, is a ring enough to make you the greatest of all time? For some people it is. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I mean, Patrick Ewing doesn't have a ring, and I think he's one of the greatest Knicks of all time. So that's true. You're right. You know, right. I, I don't think that's a make or break. It's like a nice to have, not a need to have. I think, mm-hmm. you know, what was it? In 2014, when the Rangers made that run against the Kings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I thought was the year. That was the year. the Stanley Cup final. I mean, that was the year. That was the year. That until was it wasn't the year. The year. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's I, I love playoff hockey. It's like a whole different sport. I mean, that's true with, with most sports mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just a different level I'm happy to see one of the New York franchises at my favorite second home, or I guess third home at this stage. Um, you know, <laughs> you got you got so many homes. Vagabond life. What your, 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 your vagabond life. You know, um, we always talk about you know the Nikes and Jordan brands and all these you know Adidas and all the all the big brands. What I'm loving and our, our guests uh, coming up next. You know, I love the fact that there's so much happening with you know the non-big brands. It's not that. New Balance and, you know, Saucony and, you know, they're they're not like big brands. They're just not, they're not those, right? They're not those guys, but they're doing some really good stuff. And there are opportunities, I think, there for more creativity, as you often talk about, with partnerships. Um, And I'm really looking forward to what those brands do this year. I think there's a, a real space for them. And there's a market that, you know, maybe because the Nikes, are aspirational, right? In so many ways, these other brands are like, but we're for everybody, right? That they, that they can kind of play in that space. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I think, you know, now that sneaker culture has grown so much into popular culture, there's a demand for different styles. And we talk about this all the time, that there is something for everyone in sneaker culture, right? And I think that's really beautiful. I also think that, you know, Nike, 
and I'm not saying some of these other brands are easy to get their hands on. If it's a hype collab, hype mm. beast gonna hype beast, but <laughs> at least there's a variety out there, right? Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. Nike has gotten so challenging to get a pair at retail that it's changed the game in general where resale is, is the vibe. But I think even on some of these hype collabs, like the resale is a little bit more reasonable. I mean, I just got a pair of 550s, the New Balance for those mm-hmm. who are not as familiar with some of the styles, just to check it out. I mean, and I like that these brands, because of the way sneaker culture is, are pushing kind of their original DNA, right? Like New Balance is always something I equated with like the prep school that I grew up in. My brother mm-hmm. had New Balance tennis sneakers. I had New Balance running shoes when I was in college and they were great. Like it's a great functional shoe, classic style, the J Crew partnerships, you know, were amazing. It's just a different vibe, right? Than something like a 550. 550 though, the way that New Balance is experimenting with colors, with materials, you know, with even the color blocking, not just the use of color, mm-hmm. I think it's something that's really cool and beautiful. And I like seeing the other brands that are out there that have a space to kind of play in whatever that lane is there. Are, you know, we always talk about another lane. There are so many lanes out there these days that everyone can kind of find their own, right? Like we had Darren Ravel on mm-hmm. a while ago who talked mm-hmm. about all of his food sneakers, mm-hmm. right? If that's what yep. you want to collect is sneakers around Do food. You. Like I love how inclusive sneaker culture is finally starting to become. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I dog on sneaker culture becoming part of pop culture, that is the one thing that I think is really beautiful is that now there's a different level of access in a way, right? If yep. you know where to go, if you, yep. there's different styles, different vibes, like, it's okay. And I think when we started this show, Jay, we talked about something that was making its way through Instagram about a girl who had like a sick Hirachi collection, mm-hmm. right? Yep. One of our very first episodes. And like, people were like, "Ugh, I don't understand. So to see where we've come from there, like mm-hmm. that girl's not going to get the same hate if she posts that collection today. Yep, I think sure. it's a really beautiful thing and seeing progress mm-hmm. as it's happening. It's always slow. It always feels even slower. Mm-hmm. But when you look back to see how far things have come, I don't know. I'm excited to see what the look ahead looks like. I I like it. You talked about inclusivity and this being, of course, Women's History Month. You know, I'm super excited about our next guest because, you know, she is someone that is doing amazing things in the space as it relates to inclusivity. And I'm just really looking forward to this conversation with her because I feel like it's really going to, you know, open some of you guys out there, your eyes and your minds to how we can really make this whole industry better and, you know, not to sound corny, but like the world better, right? What's good, y'all? We are back. And Gabby, we are not alone. We are joined by the founder of Golden Confidence, the co-founder of Thick Laces, digital host, sneaker enthusiast, creator, model, Essie Golden. What's good, Essie? Wow, what an introduction. Like, yeah, I, I figured you'd like that. I, don't you want to just take him everywhere? I'm like, I'm impressed right now. I'm like, I did all that. Wow. Um, <laughs> a whole vibe, girl. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on this show. I'm excited. Um, you guys have some really dope people uh, on your show, and you guys are like official. So for me to be on here and be a newbie, I'm a little nervous, but I'm like, I'm excited. I'm honored to be here. So thank you guys for wanting to talk to me. We are, we are happy to have you. And, you know, normally, Essie, what I do is I start with the beginning. Like, when do you fall in love with sneakers? But we're going to get to sneakers. I actually want to start with, so you are what you do with Golden Confidence is something very important. This is Women's History Month. So we're going to get into 
you know, how society views women and how women are, are trying to take control of their narrative and all those things. But I want to start with you at the beginning. Where did it, where did the inspiration come from to start this? And when did you as a woman decide, okay, I'm, I'm in a space where I'm comfortable and I can do this. Absolutely. So, um, wow. So golden confidence started like prehistoric Instagram days. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like a grandma sometimes when I talk about it. But <laughs> on, on the Instagrams? I, <laughs> when we couldn't DM people, it was just like, if you had to slide in somebody's DMs, you had to like go to a backpack photo and like, hey, what's up? You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was, I moved to New York from Florida. I was watching a lot of America's Next Top Model. I wanted to be Takara. I thought she was the most beautiful woman in the entire world. And seeing her be 100% her confident self and own that, I was like, oh my God, I think I could do that. So I moved to New York and me being the Leo that I am, I thought that people would fall in love with me. I was going to be on billboards, like the red carpet was going to happen for me and nobody cared. And that's the beauty of New York City though, because you're, you're going to learn you know, how to be tough, how to hustle, how to be a businesswoman, how to be stronger. So I moved there. And the fashion in New York was so much better than Florida. Oh, my God. Um, and I was seeing so many beautiful people of all shapes and sizes wear all different types of things. And it's inspired me to find my own fashion sense. So I was wearing these outfits and women were asking me, like, where did you get that? I wish I could wear that. And so I decided to start a hashtag, Golden Confidence, as a way to show other women, like, I'm wearing it. They're wearing it. This person's wearing it. You could do it, too. Don't feel alone. Like, Go out there, go kill it. Don't make yourself feel like because of whatever size you are, you can't wear what you want to wear. So since then, it, it took off. I was super surprised by that. Um, over a million uses on Instagram alone, which is insane. Wow. Um, That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was also hosting body positive pool party events. And the pictures that came out and the videos that came out um, actually inspired a scene in the Hulu TV show Shrill. Um, they did a body positive scene for a pool party and the Very writer familiar. of the show was like, oh my God, I saw the movement that you've had and it made me change what was in my book, put this on a TV show um, and just thank you for the work that you've done. So you never really think the work that you're doing, something as simple as just showing up as your true self and wearing an outfit would be an inspiration to people. But I'm honored and grateful to have been able to be a part of so many women's journey for sure. I mean, I love that. That's amazing. But you start, the important thing you hit on was the importance of representation and seeing people like yourself in public popular spaces, right? Absolutely. And people who fit traditional norms don't understand that, right? Like, because what they see every day is themselves. So they're like, well, this is what it is and it's just fine and it's all good, right? Like, not a woman, but as a dark-skinned Black man, right, to see dark skin on TV is a big deal, right? Same for you. And so, you know, I want people to really understand when we talk about the power of representation and seeing yourself in public spaces, look at what SE was able to build and create and, and look at look at the effects it's having on millions of people like that she doesn't even know. Like, th this is the beauty of it. And when we say representation matters, this is exactly what we mean. 100%. Takara was iconic, by the way. So, like, oh. I love that you shouted her out. Like, that was the early stages of Top Model, too. So, way ahead of its time. 
absolutely her and this model by the name of Mia Amber, who was in the movie Road Trip. I'm not sure if you ever saw it. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was six foot and she was absolutely stunning and beautiful and graceful when she walked in the room and killed so many different campaigns. So seeing both of them as two beautiful black women in an industry and in a world that's telling you to be smaller, be lighter, be different, be whatever, and they own it and killed it. Like they, I'm here because they opened doors for me. So like, that's why, you know, you talking about how representation is so important. It, it was a game changer. It's, it's crazy not seeing yourself. I mean, you know, take plus size out of it, not being able to see positive representation of black people on TV or black people in the magazines. Right. People only approach you or think of you one way, but being able to see, you know, now what we're seeing on TV, what we're seeing in the magazines and everything else like that, it inspires you. Like there's a bigger world out there. There's so much better out there. So I'm forever grateful for the doors that they opened and the way that they paved for me. And it's been an honor to leave that door open and pave new ways for other people. And funny how it works. People who are gatekeepers in these industries, it sells and it works. You make money. Funny how that works. <laughs> I know. If only the people knew, Gerard. If only the people knew. <laughs> Crazy. 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 But whatever. Um, okay. So you're someone who I imagine growing up, you liked streetwear. You liked kicks, right? That that was your thing. So let's talk about that journey, right? So when did you start realizing, I, oh, I, I like this stuff. Like, oh, sneakers? Yeah, this is me. I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. I mean, so... Full transparency, I grew up in the foster care system. So from home to home, whatever I had got passed down to other children that were in the home. So me having brand new sneakers was not happening. So, But I admired it from afar. Um, it wasn't until I got to my um, permanent family home, they gave me as a welcome home gift, as a welcome to our family, a classic pair of white Reeboks. Um, and that was the first name brand shoe that I ever received. So I know some people feel a way about that. You know, like it's either the Nikes what, or the what this kind of that, what, what kind of way? Anyone feels a certain kind of way? Bye, boy, bye, girl, bye. The sneaker community from the outside looking in until I got into it is very intimidating. Like you hear people talk about their favorite shoe. They waited in line. Mm-hmm. They made the shoe with the designer. You know, that's how you hear it sometimes. So. Um, to receive these, the first name brand shoe, first name brand anything, and to finally fit in with people was like, oh man, like, I get it. I never knew a piece of fashion or a piece of clothing could make you feel that way. Um, but that's a brand, Reebok in particular, that that's very close to my heart just because that's the first thing that I ever received. Um, again, didn't have a lot of money, had Nikes, had different shoes in between that time. It wasn't until much later, don't kill me, um, <laughs> the Sakai Waffles mm. came out, and I believe that was 2019. So again, I'm more the new girl. All good. Um, I love when a piece can speak for me, and I feel like sneakers are doing that. Um, I would say years previously, I don't know what's going on within that particular world, but streetwear women's streetwear like when married to the mob and and hell's bells and dime piece la came out when they had like that era i loved the pieces that spoke for me like i didn't have to say a word like your t-shirt did that for me your your pants or your whatever your bag did that for me um and that's kind of died down a little bit so i hope that we have like a resurgence of brands like that but i'm realizing that sneakers are doing the same thing that streetwear and street you know t-shirts and stuff did for me before Um, So that's the first sneaker in a long time that I was like, oh, 
that, like, what is that? Like the double checks and the different colors and the this and the that. And, you know, I, again, I'm a Leo. Like, I want you to tell me like my outfit is cool or where did I get that? So when I put those on, it was like, oh, you got your hands on those? I was like, ooh, <laughs> I like where this is going. More of this. Ask me where I got it. <laughs> so that kind of sparked it. Um, and then the pandemic happened and I was online. I was following a lot of dope women who can make, I mean, the most basic pair of sneakers look incredible. And I was like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. It was almost like collecting art for me. Um, so I was like, okay, I want that shoe. I want that shoe. I want that shoe. And that just kind of like reignited my love and my passion for sneakers. So thank you, um, Corona. Okay. I, I think you're one of the few people to say that, but I respect it. I, mean, nice. <laughs> I do think though that, that there was such a time for creativity. I mean, we started our podcast during, uh, during the Rona. I think, yeah. you know, we talk a lot about sneakers and about street style. It was a great time for creativity because people were bored in the house and they were in the house bored, right? So like, what else are you gonna do? Let me like style some fits. Let me learn how to contour. Let me do all those things that I've never had the time to do. Exactly. Um, one thing I wanna talk about is especially being in fashion, right? And like, you're a tall girl, you're a curvy girl. I can relate to that because I'm the same way, which it's always been hard to find the look and find the style. So I'd love to hear, I know we talk a lot about sneakers, but that evolution in street style and kind of like what that looked like. I, I know for me, like back in the day, they didn't have bike shorts, not in my size, <laughs> not in my shape. They, Gerard knows I love a good bike short, sure but like do. I, I rock, was rocking men's hoodies because it was the only thing that was long enough. And the guys had like the flyer fits and and colorways so i'd love to know kind of like what that journey looked like for you listen i mean as a plus size girl my entire life i was the girl in seventh grade wearing like lane bryant i'm so i'm like the only one business casual in seventh grade with a briefcase because like where are you going nobody wants to be that person but unfortunately i was that person and I'll never forget matching with my PE teacher by accident. And she called me. She's like, oh, my God, twins. We're twins. And I was like, oh, my God, just kill me now. <laughs> but Before but Instagram, girls. Happened, before Instagram. Listen, the worst. But these are the things that happened before, you know, social media came about. And I know people have their issues and things with social media. But it's literally changed the fashion world as a plus-size woman. Um, the average woman is a 16, 18 it's a multi-billion dollar industry. However, I believe fashion only accounts to maybe 30% of being able to go in and actually buy your pieces, which is, again, insane. But I think um, influencers and models who came in and started posting their outfits made brands change it. You know, before shopping was, I'm going into like a Charlotte Russe or Wet Seal or Abercrombie and I'm headed to the perfume or the handbag section because that's all that I can wear. But now a girl who's in elementary or high school or college, you can literally shop with your friends. You know what I mean? And at, and in those ages, you want nothing more than to fit in with everyone else. And now that's an opportunity. Um, but outside of that, growing up in Florida, the weather here is like flip-flops and t-shirts and shorts. So very, very casual. And so I had no style sense on top of not having clothing options. It wasn't until I got to New York and I've seen some women finesse an outfit with like $10, $20. And I'm like, oh, so this is fashion. <laughs> so this is what it means to like have an identity, to have style. So moving to New York was the best thing that ever happened to me because on top of, 
you know, living in a society, the media will make you feel like you can't wear this, you can't wear that, you can't have this. New York will tell you, like, I literally don't care what you wear. Just just do whatever. Like, riding on the train, you'll see someone in, like, a unicorn costume, someone wearing all black, and someone in the best fit, and Own nobody's it. bothering them. Own it. Nobody cares. I, right? It's like, oh, okay, yeah. like, cool, whatever. Like, that's that's amazing for someone who's has always felt like, oh, my God, I can't wear something. Someone's going to tell me I can't wear this. Why do I have this on? Nobody cares. So you get the opportunity to explore, find your style, and find new brands. It was me going to Bushwick parties, like loft Bushwick parties in Brooklyn, and seeing people in these streetwear brands or seeing people wear different things and finding indie designers. I'm like, oh, whoa, like, so this is what people are wearing. Like, oh my God, I could, maybe I could be a cool kid now. Like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> moving to New York was a game changer. Instagram was a game changer. Tumblr was a mm-hmm, uh, game changer mm-hmm. until they took away the good stuff. Um, so I'm, you know, grateful for this journey for sure. And I think, you know, that's the thing about New York that my, the people automatically assume that New York is like, I'm walking here. Give me a slice of pizza. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> yourself. You know what I mean? Like, but there's so much more to New York. And I think that's Absolutely. what it is, right? Like the people that look like they're wearing like the $10 effort are usually in like the thousand dollar fit and vice versa. And I think like New Yorkers will tell you if what you are doing is not working. For sure. But they're also so used to like the spectrum in New York. Like you could walk by, I mean, you know, the man who walks the, with the cat on his head in Union Square, right? Mm-hmm, He's an icon, mm-hmm. fashion icon, the first to do it, let me tell you. <laughs> but like, that's the beauty of New York, right? And I think you have not just access, but networking. So Absolutely. I think, you know, you've talked about modeling and New York, kind of what was that next step for you? So from there, because I wanted to be signed so bad and the agencies were like, yeah, okay, cool. No, thank you. I was like, oh, okay. Um, social media came in and became my, like my portfolio, mm-hmm. like my resume. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm going to take every job. I'm going to work with every brand. I'm going to work with all the independent designers. And the best part about that era is because like we just started talking about plus size women wearing swimsuits. So any designers were giving that to us, but the bigger brands weren't. So I'm being able to model these things that women wanted, but the bigger brands weren't offering. So automatically like people are liking and sharing and, and doing all these different things. And that just kind of blew up a little bit more for me. Um, and then I realized I was making more money from doing like the sponsored posts and stuff like that. And later on, I was able to get the modeling gigs because of my following. So either way, I was like, y'all going to see me, y'all going to support me or like me one way or another. There's a door, there's a window, there's a crack open somewhere and I'm going to get in here. And I think that's the New York mentality mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Like y'all don't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. I, I think every New Yorker I know has like 12 jobs. So <laughs> that's, gonna say. that's the best place about, that. that's the best thing about this city. Like, again, growing up down South, it's very slow. Like your career path is getting married and that's it. Like that's your goal. It wasn't until I moved to New York and I saw women as like bosses. I saw women owning their stuff. I was like, oh, so there's more to life than just this. Like, that's dope. I want to do that. Like, I want to wear a business suit and a briefcase and tell somebody what to do. And New Yorkers, New Yorkers also tell people what they're not going to do. But (laughs) (laughs) again, I found my place in this beautiful city because it allowed me to. Um, And I hope every young woman gets a chance to live here at least for a summer and find themselves and get that hustle mentality. It, it, 
it's hard out here. You're going to learn something, though. Um, you know, the, the, the saying, the saying, you make it here, you make it anywhere exists for a reason, Hello. right? There is a way in which New York City hardens you in a way, right? And it's just, it, and it, it sometimes teaches you some tough and cruel life lessons, right? But you become mm-hmm. better for it on the other end when you're like, oh, no, this is how this game Absolutely. works. Um, you know, obviously, you talked about, you know, that we're now starting to see plus size women in swimsuits, et cetera. How are you feeling about the established brands and what they're doing with uh, plus size models? I know that Jordan brand did a campaign, I want to say last year where they had plus size women, like, or, you know, regular everyday women. Like, do you, are they doing it just to do it? Or do you feel like they're doing it to really be in it? It's okay. Talk okay, your truth. So here's my it's issue. a safe space, girl. It's a safe Is space. It though? Talk your truth. Talk your truth. So here's my issue. I truth. feel like all the other brands are like on it and they're they're like killing it. The athleisure brands are extremely slow. Like I love that Nike kind of took their stance. They had mannequins. Dope. Um, at least on the gram, it looked that way. In certain places, it looked that way. But as a shopper going into a store, am I seeing a plus-size mannequin? Okay, okay. Am I able to go to your plus-size section and find my sizes? Okay. But you know that inclusivity and plus-size is a buzzword. Mm-hmm. So you're getting you're getting the cool points. Mm-hmm. You're getting that press, all that stuff from being able to say, well, well, look what we have. But it's not consistent. It's not, in my humble, humble, humble opinion, real. Um, even when you go on the site, sometimes the care that should be going into styling your plus size models, mm-hmm. it's not there. Mm-hmm. It's like you mm-hmm. literally threw it on and was like, well, we gave you some stuff. Please go buy it. Mm-hmm. Or you don't care. Um, and again, I feel like I love what's happening in the inclusivity space. I love that more brands are offering more pieces. But also, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, the average woman is a 16, 18. Market to me. We have more options now. So you kind of have to put a little bit more money and a little bit more effort. Um, And in the athleisure streetwear space, extremely, extremely slow, bare minimum. And I want to see more. Um, I agree with you. Yeah, I love what you're saying there. Sorry, Gab, I didn't want to cut cut you off. But I would say this, um, Essie. Is it also, well, how do you know how to market to plus size women? Or if your boardroom, the people making decisions don't look at all like plus size I'm just women. saying. I'm just... I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you. We're talking. <laughs> I understand. You understand I what's coming I, out of the mouth makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. It doesn't have to be that hard. That's the thing that I don't understand. And I think, Essie, you hit the nail on the head by saying, like, no one really calls out the athleisure brands because, you know, like, for me, I'm like, I always look the, the other way because sneakers are inclusive, Right. But are they though? Are, mm, but are they uh, though? They're, well, they're starting to be. Mm. I just mean like no matter what size clothing I am, I'm still a seven men. Absolutely. That's what I mean. But will you put that in a campaign though? And that's that's the other issue no. that I talk about often. Right. Everybody wears shoes. Same. That's the same exact reason I have about beauty brands, about food brands, lifestyle, whatever. We are yep. all humans, right? So if I'm, you know, brushing my teeth and using toothpaste, Fat people do that, or plus size people. I know some people feel way about that. Tall people, tall people, short that. people. I, brush, yeah. I mean, well, I would hope. It's hard well, out here. I, 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 I would hope everybody brushes their teeth. I don't know. I hope That's so. Your decision. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like we all use beauty products. We all, you know, travel somewhat. We all use cars. 
why not be inclusive in that? And that's the other issue that I have with sneaker brands, which is why, you know, we started the glaces and stuff like that. Yeah. And after we started it, we started seeing other brands, other sneaker pages like, oh, y'all exist out here. Well, yeah, we, we do. And they're starting to change that. But there's, it's extremely odd to me that major brands who have all these dope campaigns, you're not featuring um, plus size models. But also, why aren't the plus size men making noise? I see it. I mean, that's a thing that's starting to happen. And I will say, like, I know you talk about Nike. That's something I want to unpack for a minute because I I know Nike is like the cog in the wheel that turns the wheel. (laughs) Without it, the other cogs are like, we're hanging out. We might not move as much, right? Like, they're the beasts that we love. But I I will say, like, athleisure, more so than any other type of style, is easy to replicate in different sizes, in my opinion. I'm not a designer, but I have worked in fashion before. And I've created, like, I've made clothing on my own little small scale. It's a much simpler pattern. Make the, like, a t-shirt is not a complicated cut. So for it to stop at, like, a woman's large or an extra large, to me is insane. But the men have different options. Like, I can get it in long. I can get it in short. I can get it in 37 colors. Why do they not do that for women? Right. Um, And again, that's insane. Or if they do offer it, it's the most basics. Of styles and i feel like at this point we're kind of past that mm. so mm. Uh, these bu- these brands that bring in billions you can do more you can and again i like i know people talk about women but i don't understand the plus size men mm. who wear this stuff because sure. i'm seeing it all these streetwear brands stop at, at a 2x mm-hmm. and y'all are threes and fours mm-hmm. Do you Which not I don't understand. Want 2X stuff? is not that big mm-hmm. if you're like a broad guy who's over like, six feet. Okay, like, listen, I'm wearing the Supreme shirt. I love it. Amazing. I love Al Green. Great. However, oh no, God, that's not Al Green. Is that Marvin Gaye? Oh, <laughs> it's okay, but he's giving me like the best eyes across the camera right now. I'm living No, it is Al Green. Sorry, it is. It is Al Green. Um, but the thing is, they just started to go to Double XL and that sells out quickly. Y'all don't want a three? Or four? That that shows the demand and the need for that. If that's what sells out right away, like come on, y'all. And that's so true across my the board. My thing is, be honest. If you don't want plus size people in your clothes, just come out and say that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate you. It's like, no. all right, I respect it. Right. But At least I you're honest. Want the anticipation of being like, yo, that'd be dope if they would. It would be amazing if they would. And it's like, oh, stuff is coming. We're expanding. We're this. We're that. And it's not. Yeah happening mm-hmm. so like i'm gonna make all the noise for the women but i'm just extremely surprised that the men aren't coming in and saying it because i see y'all and i see y'all squeezing in them xxls <laughs> and i know if a 3x came along y'all would be killing it like everybody else but i get it That's live your life I love i'm it. just saying i love it i love it um so you're also the co-founder of thick laces um you know talk to us about thick laces and again you know, what you hope that platform becomes and what what is it now and what do you hope it ultimately becomes? Absolutely. So again, pandemic shopping, um, lots of sneakers, following all the pages, all the popular pages, all the popular women. And I'm using these hashtags. Again, you know, everybody wants to be featured. Everybody wants to be seen. Everyone wants to get the attention of these brands. So I'm unboxing and I'm tagging and I'm going to these sneaker pages in different places and none of them are featuring, the more bigger places aren't featuring hardly any black women, but that's another conversation. And they're definitely not featuring any plus size women. And then the pages that exclusively were kind of for black women or women of color, 
weren't featuring any plus size women. And so I'm like, all right, I can use all the hashtags all day. I can tag you all day. You're not going to feature me. Like I'm not someone that you feel desirable enough to feature. So I reached out to my best friend, Katie, who's the co-founder of Thick Laces. She used to be a sneaker plug. So she's someone that I lean on, but I don't necessarily know the name of the shoe when it came out, what year. Who <laughs> we made got it. you, girl. All good. We got you. She's my go-to person. And so um, I was like, hey, let's just start a page. You know, I'd already started Golden Confidence. I kind of know what women are looking for. They kind of just want a safe space to be featured, to learn more. She's like, all right, cool, let's do it. And so we started the page. It's just a community, again, just to be featured. And it's grown. I, I still can't believe that people find it something um, as amazing as it is. Again, super grateful to have started this. But the conversations that we've had with brands, the conversations that we've had with other sneaker pages that didn't think to feature plus size women. I didn't think to ask us questions. I didn't see us as a customer, even though the average woman is bigger, mm-hmm. right? Um, they've changed. We've, again, we've had conversations with brands like, you know what, we didn't see it that way. We're going to change that. We've seen the secret pages. Now they're featuring plus size women. They're featuring, you know, the Nike and the Ivy Park campaigns. They're not just featuring the women that look like them. Mm-hmm. They're featuring mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's been great to be, the the change in that we all wear sneakers we all wear different things we all deserve to be seen so um excited to see where else it goes all right that is that is fantastic i mean i feel like gabby and i could talk to you about this for 17 hours we of course don't have time for all that (laughs) i was like i can take a hint jay i was like we we do not have time for all that (laughs) however Coming up next is America's favorite segment, Shoe and Tell, presented by Another Lane. What's up, y'all? We are back. You know what time it is. America's favorite segment, Shoe and Tell, presented by Another Lane, the premier digital marketplace for dope kicks. We talk about Another Lane every week on this show. You guys know you want to find those rare pairs. You want an education about sneakers. You want to be with a community with like-minded people who just are in this because they love kicks. Anotherlane.com. Get on there. Sign up. Be a member. And do your thing. Now. Essie, shoe and tell is just like how it was when you were a kid. This is all you. You run the show. You show us what you got. Tell us why it matters to you, why it's important, and we'll go from there. So what are you kicking us off with? I can't wait. All right. Okay. <laughs> so these, ooh, these first ooh. pair is the Awake and Asics. Um, super, super duper fun fact. Um, I believe Awake was started by Angelo Black, and one of the... First big modeling gigs that I ever got. Super ashamed by this, but whatever. Dope opportunity. I got to uh, model for Vice Magazine and Terry Richardson in a piece called Tons of Fun. Do with that information what you want. I mean, I I didn't know. I was like, what a time (laughs) to be alive. Am I right? I can't. But if, I mean, it was a cool experience. Yeah. Um, Angelo was super dope, and I love what he's done with his brand and the collaborations that he's done. I saw the sneaker, um, love the pretty colors, obviously love like the leopard print here going on. Um, I've heard people say like this is what Balenciaga was trying to do. Okay, okay. Um, all right. But either way, love it. Okay. One of my favorites. Very nice, love it. And that's a comfortable shoe too. Not every sneaker super. is comfortable. 
Oh my God, all day long. Um, second is a life and Tony's. I mm-hmm. feel like they're having a really, really good year. I like that a lot of people are looking at other brands. Yes. Um, I saw this same thing. Love the color. Love what's happening here. Perfect shoe. I can't wait to like really wear this out in the summertime. So I said that's gonna be yeah. your summer fit, right? It is. It is like. You, you know that. That, that, that that's a I just love that is a summertime shoe man that Isn't is it? just like also yeah. Jay I feel like you need a pair of those I could see you rocking that listen Saucony is a wonderful brand percent who doesn't I mean Wait, at one so point everybody Saucony? owned a Saucony, Saucony? right, right. I, I, I think it's Saucony that's how I say it anyway <laughs> I hear okay I feel like I need to do a poll <laughs> let's do a but poll I hear you. guys what do you think Saucony or Saucony I'm Switzerland in this one okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't like the vibe the vote I like the show, and I like you a lot as well. Etsy, so. <laughs> Thank Let you. Let us You're know, supposed to be on my side. You're supposed to say it's whatever she says. It, what it, 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 it is Women's Month, after all. Thank yeah. you. Saying, Jay okay. knows what that means. <laughs> I will say, though, Gerard is a, a, a man of the ladies. So I am a man of the ladies. That's true. That is it. true. And Ooh. the last is Solomon. I love, again, I, I feel like what's happening in the sneaker space, obviously Nike will forever be, you know, the gods to everyone. But I like what's happening with, with New Balance. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of New Balance. Mm-hmm. Um, can't wait for the 650s to come out. I missed out the first uh, the first go around. So definitely can't wait to get that. But I love what Solomon is doing. And actually, a friend who I had a conversation with a little while ago was talking about accessibility. And Solomon is, you know, you don't have to have a tie. Like, it's very easy to slip on. Yep. Super comfortable and very stylish. And again, um, New Yorkers are the first to be on it. And so I've seen a couple of people wear them. I saw this sneaker. They were kind enough to send it to me. I'll be 100% transparent. So I, I love this shoe. I love the sneaker. love the reflectiveness. And again, I think this is a brand that's going to be out here for a minute and get you a pair before the prices get crazy. I would say y'all heard it here first. Essie, we are never ashamed to get free merch on this show so <laughs> not something i can relate to don't don't know. don't ever be out don't ever be out here shy about some brands and you free be shy. because i'm Frank all about them. that my favorite That's price free 99 99 amen <laughs> right. oh man this was great Essie. thank you so much for joining us we really enjoyed uh just hearing your story your journey what you're doing obviously out there for women is incredible please keep up the great work Tell our, our listeners and viewers where they can find you on socials and all that. So on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's Essie Golden. That's E-S-S-I-E-G-O-L-D-E-N. Yes, that is my real name. Um, and then my sneaker page, Thick Laces, T-H-I-C-K-L-A-C-E-S, is on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, again, if you want to know about sneakers and just are a plus-size person or women and want to be included... Those are the pages you definitely want to follow. So thank you guys for allowing me to share my favorites and to ramble and to share my story. I appreciate it, y'all. We, we appreciate, appreciate having you. And of course, folks, you know where to find us. We are part of that Count the Dings family. We're on the original Bomb podcast feed where you find B-O-M-M, where you find the Euphoria recap show, Roos Kitchen, Crypto Bros, Rap Names Podcast, Woke Bros, and of course us. 